When I was about 12 years old, I had to send off for a copy of my birth certificate in preparation for my holy confirmation. And I distinctly remember when it arrived at home because it was the first piece of post I'd ever received. It was waiting for me on the kitchen table after school and I excitedly ripped into the envelope while mum, decidedly disinterested, sweated over the stove, most probably preparing another banquet of chops, beans and mash for a dinner that would be eaten before the sun had set. I slid the certificate out of the yellow sleeve to reveal my proof of life in all its bureaucratic banality. Paul Leo Ignatius Dunn, born 21st of February 1960. Wait, what? Uh, mum, I said. They've sent me the wrong one. There must have been another Paul Leo Ignatius Dunn born in Gundawindi Base Hospital around the same time because this one was born on February 21. And as we all know, Mum, my birthday, the birthday of the last of your 11 children, is on February 19. Mum turned and stared first at the document and then at me in what can best be described as a mogadon haze. I must have got it wrong, she said as she went back to turn the chops adding as some sort of consolation, what's two days? What's two days? Well, it's a star sign for one thing. I went from being a free-spirited, extroverted Aquarian to a more brooding Piscean. Apparently, Pisceans also have trust issues, which was very much the case from that day forward. But more than that, those two days somehow altered my sense of self. The Paul Dunn I knew was gone, and I had to come to terms with Paul Dunn 21, as I was referred to at the time. So when I heard this next story from Tracy, I was amazed at how well she was handling her own family's mistakes and what they'd done to her understanding of who she really was. Welcome to My Fucked Up Family. Tracy, welcome to My Fucked Up Family. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, tell us a little bit about your family. I grew up in a multicultural family, mm-hmm. so my parents were Lebanese mm-hmm. and we had an unusual upbringing. Right. So they came from little villages in Lebanon. Right. And so they were first generation? First generation. Uh-huh. And they came to Australia and wanted to uphold the good ways back home right. in their villages mm-hmm. and they were quite religious. Right. So they didn't want us being polluted Basically, by our Australian friends. Right. So, so how many how many siblings? I have a brother and a sister. Right. And are they are they older or younger? They're older. And I didn't really spend a lot of time with my brother and sister because they were both out of the house when I was quite young. I can't remember how old. But for instance, my sister was shipped off when she was fifteen and married off uh, in Lebanon. They found her a husband, and so she lived in Beirut for a while. And then my and, brother, and how old were you? Sorry, how so old were you when she, she left? Been, I would have been nine or ten. Right. And my brother left home when he was twelve. Right. So we, yeah, we didn't have a very happy family. So why did he leave home? The 12 seems quite young to be leaving home. Why, why did he leave home when he was 12? Well, mum didn't want him around the house anymore. Right. He was a difficult child, mm-hmm. according to mum. So so where did, he, where did he go? Well, he lived on the streets for a while and right. then uh, he got picked up and I think my uncle took him in for a while and then 
He lived in foster homes and then he spent some time in a boy's home. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it was. It It was really weird and and we always, there was always this stigma about our family, you know, amongst the relatives. It's like, you know, they're the ones with all the issues. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you don't mind me saying, it sounds like you did have a few issues. Yeah. Okay, okay. So tell me a little bit about your mum and dad then. So they they were quite traditional in their ways. Who was in charge? Mum. Definitely right. mum. Dad was such a beautiful man, so gentle and kind and hardworking and, yeah, he was just so, you know, it's I can't fault dad and he's that benchmark that I've always sort of worked towards with with men right? and why well, I think there are really good men out there because yeah. dad was that man and he was so helpful around the community. Everybody loved him. Everyone, you know, everyone knew him. Uh, mum was... She was the hard ass. Right, right. <laughs> Mum ruled the house with an iron fist, which is unusual because, you know, it, traditionally Lebanese families are very patriarchal. Yeah. And they're run by the man, you know, the man ru- rules the roost. So, yeah, mum, mum just dictated everything that happened and he adored her. Are your parents still alive today? No, my dad's deceased. Right. Mum's mum's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, still living in the neighbourhood. And same neighbourhood? Yeah, same neighbourhood. Right, okay. Out west, yeah. Okay. And what's your relationship like today then with with your mum and your your brother and your sister? Odd. I'd say it's fractured. Mm -hmm. I, I say with my siblings, better, whether it was because they weren't around much or whatever for whatever reason we weren't a close family and so we don't spend much time together you know Christmases aren't a together occasion that sort of thing but we're finding our way back to each other the siblings we all have a very strange relationship with mum so it's yeah it's not it's not close Right, because your sister's moved back from yes. Lebanon? Yeah, yeah, she's she's living here again right. and she has been here for quite some time. Okay, mm. okay. So with this kind of family history, what sort of family did you see yourself creating? Not that. Not that. Not what I grew up Anything with. but? <laughs> Anything but that. And actually for a very long time I was really hesitant to start a family because I didn't understand what a normal family was or how that could happen. Yeah, right. You know, because mine was so obviously wrong on so many levels in so many ways. And so why would I want to repeat these mistakes of the past, you know? And maybe some people aren't meant to have children. And I think to this day I think my mum should never have had children. You know, it probably wasn't something she wanted for herself. Oh, really? I suspect so. I think she was just a victim of her her Time. time, you know? It's just what happened. And she herself had a semi-arranged marriage. So dad was older than she was, you know, it was a very quick courtship. It was like, oh, he wants you. Yeah, she, yep. Okay. Bang. There you you go. go. So I think if she had the benefit of my generation of being able to choose, I don't think she would have chosen that for herself. And maybe that would have avoided a long string of fucked up edness. (laughs) (laughs) that's, That's an interesting perspective to have, but you have recently had a child. Yes. So what I'm interested in is hearing about what happened when you actually gave birth to your son a couple of years ago. Okay, so I had my baby mm-hmm. and uh, the midwife, you know, when you go home, the midwife comes to visit right. and they inspect the baby. Mm-hmm. And to my horror, there was this blue mark above his bum 
And I thought, oh, gosh, that looks like a bruise and I have not hit him. I have not done it. And so she pointed to it and said, oh, look. And I was like, I don't know what that is. You know, you get into that mode of yeah. defensive mode. I, I didn't touch him. I didn't know it was there. She said, it's a Mongolian blue spot. Oh, like, what the hell what is that? What the hell is that? I've not heard of that before. And she said, essentially, it's like a birthmark. And uh-huh. with time, it fades. But certain kids, you know, you have to be a certain nationality to be born with this. So yeah, it right. only occurs in mostly Asian children mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of other, you know, yeah. nationalities. Uh, so, and I found out more as I Googled it later because yeah. she didn't tell me much about it. But yeah. she did ask me what my nationality was. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm Lebanese. And she said, oh, it could be that. But when I looked it up and looked looked into it a little bit more, I just thought, oh, that doesn't sound right. But Lebanon, it's, it's, it's Western Asia. It's West. Mm. But I think it's 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 yeah, counted it didn't as part appear of it. in any of the right. texts that I read. So you know, I mean, they said you know uh, Armenia, mm-hmm. Turkey, you know, as far as there. But mm-hmm. basically, if you think about Genghis Khan and and the Mongols and the way they travelled through and conquered all of those uh, regions, mm. they they went as far as let's say the Caucasus. Mm. But Lebanon was a little bit further further than that. So it sort of made sense, but then it kind of didn't. But I just accepted it and thought, this is so cool. And coincidentally, my partner always admired and loved Genghis Khan because of his achievements. He thought this was the coolest thing ever that our child was born. What's your your partner's uh, background? He's English. He's English, right, okay. And like fully English. Fully English. Yeah, so right. it couldn't have come from his. Yeah, right. So it came from your side. Yeah, it right. came from my side. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Right. So what did you do then after you found that out? Well, I mean, I looked into it a little bit and I thought, yeah, as I said before, I thought it was a little bit odd. I thought there might have been more to the story. I thought I couldn't just come from the Mediterranean. You know, I couldn't just be Lebanese. There, maybe there's something more to this. In the past or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, maybe it's some weird throwback yeah. because yeah, 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 right. Know, how do we know? And so my partner and I were sitting down one night and we thought a friend of ours had done a DNA test and mm-hmm. his came back. We always used to joke that he was the Turk, you know, he was English. Uh, and we used to joke about him owning a kebab shop, yeah. being Turkish. Uh, and he did a DNA test and his was so interesting. Like it was so varied. So we thought, well, why don't we do it and see what, you know, where we come from. And then that way we can tell our son yeah. when he's older, oh, this is who you are and this is your DNA makeup. So we ordered our DNA tests yeah. online. Yeah, right. Uh, and I bought my partner one and he bought me one and we gifted each other for Christmas. Right. But... The kits sat there for six months. I don't know why. And then one day I said, oh, we should really do these DNA tests. I mean, they're sitting around doing nothing. Let's just bite the bullet and do it. So we did and we sent them off. And then three weeks, maybe four weeks later, you get a, I believe I got a text message. You get it as a text message? And an email. Oh, right. I think it was a text message that said, your tests have arrived. You know, check your email, something along those lines. So I'm on my phone. I have a look and I was really shocked. Think, what, mate? Well, because it came back 55% Mediterranean and it shows you the region, which is that, you know, the Lebanon and yeah. North Africa. And I thought, well, that's right, but what's this other half to me? Like it was almost half-half split down the middle, uh, which I thought was really unusual. 
and the other one was the Caucasus. So it's Armenia, Turkey, and the region of Georgia. Just right. that that little section okay. there on the map. And it's quite specific, isn't it? Yes, it is. So yeah, I thought that was really odd, and I, I didn't even know what the Caucasus was. You know, you know, we talk about being Caucasian. Yeah. You know, how is that linked? It's, I thought that might have been, I was so naive, I thought that might have been, um, you know, the region of England, Ireland and whatever, but yeah. it wasn't. It was actually, yeah, it was Turkey, Armenia and Georgia. So um, I looked and, oh, and Azerbaijan. I've always oh, loved right. that name, yeah, Azerbaijan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I only know them really from uh, Eurovision. Eurovision, so do we. <laughs> and we used to joke about Azerbaijan and there were all these little in-jokes that along the way, along this story that we just go, wow. But so... So how did you how did you feel when you when you found that result? Did you think, oh, that suddenly makes me much more interesting, or what was your reaction to it? Uh, I almost cried actually. Really? Why? Yeah, because there had been a rumor floating around my family that my godfather, mm-hmm. who was Armenian, and my mother were having had had an affair, and I thought Armenia, you know. How could I be, like, I just focused on the Armenian bit of that result and went, well, like. So you knew this man and you knew he was Armenian. I I did. And he was known to my family prior to my birth. So there was a history there. So I thought these rumours that I'd heard all these years ago, like I'm talking 20 years ago when my dad died and all this came out, I thought, What's going on here? You know, it just made me think that from everything I've been told, you know, my DNA should have come back as, let's say, 98%, you know, Lebanese. And I could hear my heartbeat, like my, you know, it just felt like it was, my heart was going to jump out of my skin. It was, I just couldn't, like, my heartbeat was so loud. I just, it was weird. I just, something happened to me in that moment. It was so weird. Were you alive? No. I was I was at work oh, and right. I was just about to leave and my boss who stood next to me said I can hear your heart beating are you okay like are you, I can hear you I can feel you are you okay what's going on so it was just this weird moment where so as I said it's almost like my heart jumped out of my my body yeah it was really odd yeah and I didn't know whether to cry or I didn't know whether to talk to anybody it was just so strange and I thought that that was a strange reaction if I hadn't heard those rumors then it would have just been a, oh that's interesting yeah so right. I have I must have this ancestry way back like that my parents weren't aware of because as far as they told me, they were Lebanese as far back as they could remember or their families could remember. So. Okay, so you had these uh, suspicions and you, you, you're knitting together rumours from your family's past, the results from your DNA test. What did you do next to try and get some clarity or some further confirmation around your suspicions? Well... I got home and I thought I need to look at this on my computer because I, I, you know, remember I said I was looking at it on my phone, it was just online. And what I realised was, you know, the DNA application or the online service, it almost acts, it's like a dating service where you, they match you up with, in this case, they match you up with relatives. So people they're matching you up with 
where your DNA is really close, they'll tell you you, ha- you have a chance of, of this person being your first to second cousin, your second to third cousin. You, so I hadn't realised when I was looking at my phone but when I got home I saw this there was whole all other this information. And these are, these are other people who have, who have done the same ancestry That's right. test and That's right. their results sort of parallel yours. That's right. right. So they're okay. in a database. So the DNA test itself wasn't definitive. Yeah. I couldn't tell definitively that something, you know, weird was going on here. But I looked at the list of people and a few down was a fellow who'd started his family tree and it was visible so I could see the names on that family tree. And there was the surname of my godfather. And I thought that shouldn't be the case because my godfather wasn't related to us and he couldn't be related to me. He, he had been a stranger when he met my parents. So he had literally landed in Australia and needed somewhere to live for a while and my parents took on a border and that was the man, the Armenian man, who lived with us prior to my birth and then for a short while after my birth and then he moved and um, he literally lived around the corner for many, many years. So why was my godfather's surname on the family tree of a second to third cousin related to me? And do they tell you where these people are? Yes. Well, you can you can tell where they live. So a lot of these people lived in a country that I knew my godfather's relatives, many of his relatives actually lived in, not in Armenia. So I thought that's weird. And then I looked at the first name on that list and I thought that's odd that I have a first or second cousin. And again, like a dating app, you can contact people. So I sent her an email and I asked her, I said, hi, we're related. Isn't this strange? And I asked her, I said, do you have anybody with this particular surname in your family? She said, yes. As a matter of fact, my paternal grandmother. So this woman is about 10 years younger than I am. Mm -hmm. So her paternal grandmother had two sisters and a brother who are now deceased and one brother still alive. And I thought, interesting, because my godfather's brother is still alive. Is your godfather still alive? No. Right. So he's deceased and he died. He died before my dad died. So he's been passed for like 25 years, I'd say, or a bit more. Can't remember the exact year, but um, it fit. And then I asked her directly, I said, is is your paternal grandmother's brother, deceased brother's name this? And she said, yes. So that's... All the confirmation you need. That I needed. That he was, in fact, your, your My dad. biological father. And that my father wasn't my father. Yeah. And so when you got that confirmation in, this, in an email from this perfectly innocent woman who just thinks she's been reached out to by someone who's her, what, first cousin? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she really doesn't know any of the history around no. that. And she says, yes, this... Uh, it's her, what is it, her great uncle or something, I guess, is it? Yes, yeah. it would be her great uncle. Yeah. yeah. So my great uncle is this and you go, oh, my God, that's my godfather um, who is quite clearly a bit more than my godfather. What was your reaction to that? Oh, I was devastated. I was devastated because the rumours were right, but they were beyond right. Yeah. Because... There was much more to the story. There was much more to the story. I, in fact, was his child, like his love child. With your mum. With my mother. And and all at once, 
I had to protect her as well. So I was corresponding with somebody and I didn't want them to then ask me any more questions. So our communication ceased after that and I was really quite scared that... You might have opened up a Pandora's box of something. And then, of course, I had somebody else matched up with me as my second to third cousin who is Arminian reaching out to me saying, oh, this is so strange. Like, we are related. Let's figure out how. No, let's not. Let's not. (laughs) It started to get very complicated very quickly. Wow. Yeah. And because I'd been trying to investigate all of this while I was emailing this woman back and forth, I knew that I potentially had a half-sister as well. So I friended her on Facebook. I hunted her down and friended her on Facebook, as in my godfather's daughter. And she accepted my friend request and sent me a message as well. And it it was all unravelling. It was all becoming really quite interesting all of a sudden. So, yeah. And then so so you sort of went down this little rabbit hole and then you pretty quickly realised I might be getting in too deep here. Yes. I better just, just pull back. Yeah. What do you do now? Well, that's a really good question. What I did do was I immediately told my brother and my sister, who it turns out are my half-brother and sister, and I thought I don't – I was – I guess I was in shock and devastated and I thought maybe they'd be a a shoulder to lean on, you know, or cry, you know, like just just help me process this because there's so much – I mean, it's, you know, all of a sudden I am not who I think I am. People around me are not who I thought they were. So they've accepted it? No. No, it's turned their world upside down. They're, they're, they've reacted <laughs> worse than I have. They're, they're very angry and they're very emotional. Really? I had not expected that this would shake their world. They're really, really in a bad place, both of them. It's all becoming a lot clearer now. You know, this dirty little secret isn't just about me and my mother and my godfather and and my father. You know, the my sister was shipped off from a very young age. My brother essentially was told, "You're too naughty to stay in the house with us." Essentially, by my mother, mm. and. My brother, it turns out, had caught them in the act a few times. So I've since spoken to him about it. Your mother and your godfather. Yes. And so did she demonise my brother and tell us all that he was such a naughty boy that I could, you know, no one could handle him and so he couldn't live with us anymore? Did she deliberately do that to protect her dirty little secret? And and my sister. My sister had, turns out, some recollections and, you know, so it... It's brought their pain to the surface. Yeah, right. They, as adults, they've lived with so much pain that they've hidden from me that now that I've told them that I know, it was, it's almost like they knew or suspected but, didn't, but pr- were protecting me the whole time. And now, oh, wow. And now oh, and it's amazing how devastated they are and I just, it's almost like I need to look after them now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought they were going to look after me. <laughs> Hmm, it, hasn't, it hasn't quite worked out. It hasn't worked out like that. And it's this, yeah. this sadness, this like horrible sadness that just sits on it, all of our shoulders. You know, what do we do with this now? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot to sort of take in for everyone, it I guess. It turns out they had hard lives and they did and I knew that they did, you know. Yeah. Mum wasn't. And back then we're talking, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Like, now this is all coming together. For, it's, it's putting the pieces of the puzzle yeah, together, together because, you know, mum had a dirty little secret and she needed to protect it. Were they in the way, you know? And who who knowingly 
gets rid of a 12-year-old child. Yeah, 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 A 14-year-old right. child and marry, or 15 marries her off to somebody she doesn't know. And the parent and, that you probably had more affection for yeah. out of the two parents that you were brought up with yeah. isn't actually even your dad. No, but here's the thing, you see. I loved them both when I was growing up. I adored both of them. I spent time. This is the rub. I actually spent a lot of time with my godfather. I'd I'd go over there on weekends and I loved him so much. He was such an intelligent man and he spoke four languages and he was so interesting. But then he he married and then he had a child. So I would I was 10 when he had a child and then they moved away to mm. another country to be with the rest of his family. Mm. And I never saw him again and it was so devastating, you know, and I'll never forget the day he came and saw me and said, "I'm moving." He didn't he didn't tell me prior to that. He told me on the day that he was leaving and and how heart-wrenching must that have been for him to leave me? because I'm pretty sure he knew I was his. I wouldn't have spent all this time with him if I hadn't been his. And how hard must that have been for him? And there are so many questions. You know, why was my mum okay with that? And did she encourage, you know, then all of a sudden there are all these questions. Did my dad who brought me up know? How could he not know that all of this was happening under his nose? Mm. He'd go off to work and then they'd, you know, so your mind just gets scrambled. So your mum... She obviously is this final piece in this puzzle. Yes. And I think she could probably shed a lot of light. Now, have you confronted her yet about it? No. No. And my brother, my sister, my partner can't understand why. Can't understand why I haven't just barged in the door and, you know, and revealed that I know this this thing, you know, and how I know this thing because it's pretty definitive now. It's not a rumour anymore. And I don't even know why. I don't even know why I haven't been able to do it. I've been able to go over and see her. So you've, you've spoken to her oh, since. Oh, yeah. I've, and, I, and I'm amazed at how I can compartmentalise things, you know. I'll, I'm going over to see mum now. If it's going to happen, I want it to happen spontaneously because... Oh, really? I think so because I keep uh, running the scenario in my head of going over there and, and telling her and... I just, I'm paralysed. I can't do it and I don't know why. Am I afraid of her? Am I in shock? Do I want to know? Do I do I want to know the details? I personally just wouldn't even want to have a conversation with my mother about her ever having sex. Yes. You've got to remember that I was brought up in a very strict environment where yeah. we didn't talk about sex. My sex education were prob- from her was probably don't kiss a boy before you're married. It's all about being a virgin, you know. And, and here was this woman who was preaching all this crap to us yeah. and and raised us in this horrendous prison. You know, we all suffered and then she was off doing this stuff. I'm struggling internally with so many different aspects of this, you know, my identity, who I am, who I should be, who my father is, what my mother did, did my dad know? Did everyone know? Did everyone, everyone seemed to know except for, well, everyone is in my immediate family. And did, does my other half-sister know because she ended up messaging me yeah. after I friended her on Facebook. And it just seemed to me like she knew, you know. Right. She said stuff like, he always used to take your photos out and talk about you, you know. Sorry. That, that's the bit that makes me cry. Sorry. No, you're right. <laughs> I guess just not knowing. Yeah. And even if he didn't know for sure, there must have been a suspicion. Definitely. I think so. I think I think he knew. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think did he tell his wife and his daughter, my sister, on his deathbed? Because the way the the message was worded just made me think she knows. Mm. And then what do I do with this knowledge? Do I tell her? Does she deserve to know? Mm. So there's the composure gone. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Well, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you genuinely yeah. need, need to know and if those things are rattling around in your brain... Yeah. There's only one way to, to ever find out. Definitely. And how do I do that? And then so I have this big burden with this knowledge. Yeah. That I, you know, what do I do with this? And should I have told my brother and my sister? Maybe I should have kept this to myself. Oh, you can't keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're incapable of it. You know? Yeah. You didn't, Clearly. <laughs> you didn't intend. Because we're having this discussion. Well, that's true. <laughs> There's a microphone in front of you. <laughs> You like a talk, Tracy. Uh, I do. This is therapy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This is that's good therapy. But but, um, it will be very interesting to to see how the next chapter of this little tale evolves. Because you might find, who knows? You might find. Okay, I've got this now. I I understand it. Nothing's going to come of it of me taking it any further. Yeah, it's just something that I can. Yeah. Just a question though, has your mum ever seen your son's birthmark and gone, what's that? No. 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 I did tell her about it, but I think language is a bit of a barrier. She doesn't speak English very well. Right, so, okay. you know, there, there are so many demons there that... Well, it sounds like there's so many walls there yeah. and, you know, you never know. Yeah, that whole relationship might change for the better or for the worse, who knows, but might change once at least one of those big walls has been knocked down with this yeah. bit of information. Yeah, and I don't know, I kind of feel, you know, is there a point in asking her, it is what it is, she did what she did and Mm. maybe she had her reasons, you know, maybe we need to, she's old, she's getting older, you know, maybe I need to show some compassion and understand that she had an arranged marriage, maybe she didn't want to be married, it wasn't, she didn't marry for love. We now have the luxury of marrying people we love, you know, and she didn't. So maybe we need to understand that. And I guess one of the biggest things for you, though, is you've got to think about whether you want to have potentially for the rest of your life some regret that you never actually mentioned it to mm. her. I've thought about that. Mm. Maybe I mention it right at the end. You'd love a bit of drama. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's ensuring there is no subsequent drama. Oh, okay. You know, okay. It's like... By the way. By the way, <laughs> I know this thing. <laughs> Tracy, look, whatever you you decide to do, it would be lovely if you could come back and have a chat and let us know, give us an update because I think, you know, as a, as a, as a story that so epitomises uh, the whole my fucked up family genre, <laughs> I think it is really, it's, it's really... A, 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 such a wonderful story. Uh, if there's an epilogue, it'd be great to hear about it. Thanks, Paul. I'll keep you updated. I kind of I need the next therapy session. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. Th- well, thank you for sharing your fucked up family with us, Tracy. You're most welcome, and I feel very honoured to be a part of the fucked up family show. So. It's the fucked up family family. Family. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Tracy. I hope you like this episode of My Fucked Up Family enough to subscribe, like or share. And if you have your own fucked up family you want to talk about, please get in contact 
through our Facebook page. Remember, shame is relative. Until next time on My Fucked Up Family.